time for your weekly dose of nostalgia with the 80s and 90s Uncensored. I am Milo Tennyson. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And it's time for another wheel spin. Let's All do right. it. Let's do it. Here we go. Got the year going on. And it's... Oh, oh. 1998. Thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah, I got some 90s for you, bro. All right. Now we're going to go with our um, topic. Ooh, celebrities or characters. Mm-hmm. Then our segment. Oh, we get to do a retrospective on a celebrity or character from 1998. All right, this doesn't sound too challenging, so that's nice. Kind of sounds kind of fun. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. Let's go. Let's go pick someone and then jump into the tubes of time and 88 miles per hour back to the future let people know what we picked ready here we go back to the future so what did we decide to do milo 1998 celebrities retrospective or characters i mean jerry seinfeld come on he He's was both. a celebrity and a character so yeah, he it's totally. this perfect in 1998 his tv series ended it was a number 1 series in its final season NBC offered him $110 million to do a 10th season. And he was like, nope, I'd rather go out on top than prolong it. That's pretty, I mean, you know, you're on top of your game when you're like, no, I'm not going to take your $110 million to do a show that people love and will keep watching. I'm just going to, I'm just going to stop now. I mean, you know, you're kind of badass if that's what you do, right? <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld, badass. Pretty impressive. Although I would imagine, I mean, like all the co-cast and stuff love him, but it is what you can imagine in, in the back of their minds, maybe like, come on, Jerry, one more season. <laughs> come on, I man. wouldn't mind having a little more. I mean, Michael Richards. Let's just keep going until we the jump money. the shark. Yeah, we'll exactly. We'll jump the shark later. It'll suck. But, you know, we'll pull a Roseanne Roseanne or something and it'll yeah. it'll start to suck. But hey, let's let's just keep making that dough. But it's not how he wants to roll. Maybe maybe when we go from first place to second place, then we'll talk about editing it. Did you see that interview he did with Larry King? <laughs> and, that was the best. And Larry King's like, uh, so yeah, you you weren't canceled, right? You you didn't you weren't canceled. And Jerry, you could tell he was actually kind of he was offended, right? He's like, Larry, do you know who you're talking to? I had the like number one TV show for years. Like we, I could have made this TV show until I died and people would have watched it. I am like the king of television in the, in the nineties. I, 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 what is wrong with you, Larry? And he was, Larry's like, well, don't get angry. He's like, why, why shouldn't I get angry? Do you, did you do your research? Do you know who I am? <laughs> it's so funny. You should watch that. It's so good. Cause yeah, he's genuinely offended at Larry. He's pissed. Yeah. And, it's hard and to Larry's like, like and he doesn't just, get pissed. Uh-huh. Jerry doesn't get pissed. But yeah. he's, you can tell he's trying to be nice, but he's, you can tell like inside he's kind of burning like Larry King. What's yeah. up, dude? It's like, you're supposed <laughs> to be a respected journalist, Larry. Like, come yeah. on, man, do your and research. To even utter the word canceled in my presence is offensive. It's the fucking number <laughs> one show on TV, man. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. But Jerry was born in, in Brooklyn. He's a very New Yorker kind of guy. He grew up on Long Island and, uh, his father was Jewish and his mom was Jewish too, but she was from Aleppo, um, Aleppo, Syria. Did you know that? So he's Syrian, like Syrian. Huh? 
Cool. They they said they were Turkish when they immigrated, their like their ancestors, but yeah, he's like he's like Syrian, a Syrian Jew. Syrian Jew. All right. Yeah. But he he um he went to where did he go? He he went to a, a college to study like communications and theater, like Brooklyn Queens College. college. I think. Oh, Queens. That's what no, it was. I think it's it Queens was, College. Yeah, it was one of the boroughs. Yeah. So then he he started doing stand up, like in college productions, and he started doing open mic night. I guess there's something called Bug, Bud Freeman's Improv Club in Queens, and he he did a lot of open mic nights and got really popular. Because he's got this, I don't know if you dig it, but I, I really like his style, this kind of observational comedy. He really set that observational comedy bar. And after him, I think a lot of people tried to imitate it, but just yeah. couldn't quite make it. He he nails it. And he, he just, I don't know, the, the jokes he make are about like mundane things that you don't, you, you might not even think about. It's kind of maybe daily life or just some things that happen and you would never take notice of it like i don't know some of the bits like <laughs> they they made a seedless watermelon and nobody would think anything of it but he's like think about this it took them 15 years to make a seedless watermelon like how do the watermelons even reproduce then and and how are like if you're a scientist and like some people are just working on aids and cancer devoting their whole lives but you devoted your whole life to make it a seedless watermelon like <laughs> stuff like that like you don't think about it until he brings it up, and then you then you laugh because it's true and it's funny, right? Yeah. That's why I, I think Seinfeld's hilarious because he doesn't have to get none of his stuff is dirty, like he he's very clean. But it's just so he points out the funniest things about mundane life, um, and it's hilarious. As you mentioned, he went to college in Queens. Afterwards, he basically just went straight to doing stand up. I think he did have like occasional part-time, you know, partial jobs kind of stuff. And then he got a job on Benson. Yeah, he he like he a recurring character on Benson, right? Yeah, Frankie, a male delivery boy who had a comedy routine that nobody wanted to hear. <laughs> but then they fired him. He showed up to work one day and was like, "Where's my script?" And they're like, "You don't have a script. You don't work here anymore." <laughs> That's a pretty lame way to fire someone. That's pretty ridiculous. No call or anything. Yeah. But he was still doing stand up. Like he he did um what what he he did stuff for like uh Rodney Dangerfield's HBO special back in 1980. Um so he was doing a lot of stand up and he he was on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, the the legend of Johnny Carson, right? Quite and a few he was times. on Letterman. Um so he he started getting really big on like making those kind of HBO appearances and making those late night show appearances. Um, so he started to get known, known enough that he worked with a guy named Larry David uh, to make something for NBC that would become a huge deal. A little show you might've heard about that didn't get canceled. <laughs> yeah. A little show called the Seinfeld Chronicles later to be called Seinfeld. So, the way it looks is George Shapiro was really pushing Seinfeld to NBC. And as you mentioned, Jerry and Larry David put together a show. And initially it was supposed to be a 90-minute special. They wanted it to kind of run around like, you know, on a night that Saturday Night Live wasn't showing or something like that. 
But then Seinfeld is like, well, come on, we don't have enough stuff here to carry a 90 minute show. Why don't we make it a 30 minute show? And so they sat down and they started typing out a show about nothing. And for some bizarre reason, they managed to convince NBC to film a pilot. And they made the pilot and it had the guys, but Julia Louise Dreyfus wasn't actually in that original pilot. She didn't come in until right. the show got picked up. And she has never watched it because she thinks it's bad luck because she's not in it. Do you know that? Fair enough. But she she's a good addition because – so Seinfeld is kind of a semi-autobiographical version of himself. So he's him but kind of a fictional version of himself, Yeah, which is interesting. You don't see a lot of that. Um, usually the – characters will play like someone else i'm a dad in a family even though but he he's a stand-up comic which he is in real life and the show starts with him doing a stand-up routine um which is always fun to watch and i think he so he's the whole show's about that observational humor like it's completely stupid it's a stupid show because nothing really happens yeah they just kind of got these goofy little plot lines about some mundane stuff but his co-stars are so quirky, like Julia Louise Dreyfus, Michael Richards, Jason Alexander. They're they're they play they play with him, they play off him great. So it's this gang of four that kind of just lives in New York City, and they don't. There's nothing significant happens in this show. This show went on for like what ten years or something, nine years, nine years. And you can't really say that anything significant ever happened because it's just kind of this dumb show about soup nazis and <laughs> it's so dumb yeah but people loved it dude in the 90s people love seinfeld and the thing is like the studio nobody thought anyone would like when they cast um uh, when they cast george uh mike jason no, no, alexander mike, there we go when they cast Jake, jason alexander who initially kind of played it like a Woody Allen type character. And Jerry asked like, Jason's like, you got experience. You think the show's going to last? And Jason was like, no, it was to the point to where when NBC ordered the series, they actually only ordered four episodes. So they oh. aired the pilot on its own without ordering any shows. And then for some reason, like, okay, well, I guess it was somewhat liked enough to where let's do four shows now, four episodes. And they aired four episodes and then got picked up for like the entire first season. So at no point did anyone think it was going to last. But like you said, the, he, they surrounded Jerry with great actors because yeah. Jerry himself has said this. He's like, I can't really act. And they make jokes about it in the series. But when you've got people like Michael Richard walking into the room and get so much applause you, they actually had to start telling the audience, could you not applause so much? Because it's kind of stretching this stuff out. Like, and we want to get to the show. Yeah. Because the, and, and, and the, the other characters became iconic. Like, you can buy Kramer or George Costanza, like, merch now. So they became, you can buy, like, merch of all the characters. And, and, and I think his, the characters are probably just as popular, if not more, than he is, right? Oh, totally. I mean, Kramer would bust in. He's got that crazy hair with the weird oversized shirts. And he just busts in. He never knocks. He's just like, this is my home too. Screw it. I'm just going to come in. <laughs> and George Costanza always like neurotic. He's, <laughs> he's so neurotic <laughs> and self-centered. <laughs> um, he asked him one day, he was talking to Larry David 
And he's like, oh, nobody would do this. This is ridiculous. And Larry David resp- replied with like, no, that that did happen. And that's how I responded to him. And that's how he knew that the character was actually based on Larry David was kind of that. That's when it dawned on him and he started going went less Woody Allen-ish and more Larry David with the character. He's like, oh, so this is a real person and this is you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get it now. And same with Kramer. He was based on a neighbor of Larry David's. And I saw an interview with Larry and he was talking about, they were actually typing away on the script, him and Jerry. And the the neighbor actually rushed into the house in the way Kramer does and actually started talking to him. And he's like, we're writing a show that's literally got you. And that guy now does tours like New York tours. And he's like, real life Kramer. I'm the real life Kramer and uh, does tours and stuff like that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So these are based on real people and you feel that I think you can mm-hmm. feel the genuineness of it. And I, I like, I'm, I'm a big fan of Elaine ba- Baines. I think her character is fun because she's part of the gang and she's attractive, but she's just as kind of weird and she's not like overly sexualized or anything. She's just like an ex-girlfriend who became a friend. She hangs out with the guys and they banter. And I think the whole foursome is is great. <laughs> and you, you'd never think that this would have been a hit because there's I don't even know what how to describe the show because like <laughs> the, the main plot lines there's about some mundane stuff. Yeah, the they had an episode in the first season that the whole episode is them just waiting to get a table at a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. And they're talking about Jerry's jacket because he doesn't want it to get wet because it's suede. And just like, that's the whole episode. <laughs> and the studio thought that episode was going to be so terrible. They actually, it was supposed to be earlier in the season, but they actually kind of buried it later in the season, thinking it would get forgotten. And it turned out to be like a super popular episode that everybody loved. <laughs> Yeah, like nobody got it. Test audiences with the first episode actually said none of the characters are likable. This isn't going to work. Like the test audiences, none of them thought this show was going to work. Milo, you know me. I love my visits to the wine bar, but I'd like to expand my palate and find some nice sweet wines. You should check out staggeringunicorn.com. They have an exquisite selection of 34 different wines, each crafted with real fruit and no artificial ingredients. I suppose I have to go to the store to get a bottle. You do not, my friend. They conveniently ship their magical creations to 38 states, including ours of Washington, ensuring everyone can enjoy the enchantment of sweet wines. And on top of that, for additional savings, they offer a wine of the month club adding an extra touch of delight to your exploration of their fantastical collection. Bro, I'm signing up. Where do I go? You can embark on a magical journey to the sweeter side of wine at Staggering Unicorn Winery at staggeringunicorn.com. But it was huge. So what do you think what do you think made made it so huge i mean like like i said before he had an interview with larry king who who even said the word canceled which is complete baloney because i think this show i think it would still be going today if they if jerry wanted it to like he could have kept it on for certainly longer maybe not today but certainly for quite a few more years yeah so and and eventually things die and they jump the shark and 
and it would have lost its appeal, I guess. But it, I think it could have gone on more. He just was he quit at top at the top, right? Yeah. So what do you think it was about this show that people adored? Like people love this show. This is a cult cultural phenomenon, right? You can still go get Seinfeld characters merch. I mean, we we joke because we have our our face on our faces on like coffee mugs and pillows and lotion and stuff. But you can get a George Costanza pillow of him like posing and kind of nude. Like you you can get a Kramer painting. Like you can get this stuff today. It's yeah. it's huge. It's a cultural phenomenon. What do you think it was that made it such a huge show? Yeah, it's hard to say. It, I, I think there is an aspect of you have a bunch of unlikable people that are played by likable actors, right? <laughs> so the characters are inherently not supposed to be all that likable, but the people playing the roles are so likable that you like them. And people can relate, like as, as people watching the show, you're, the observational humor comes through and you're like, oh yeah, that is funny. Oh, you know, I get that. And there was a certain aspect of, I was watching an interview with Seinfeld as well. And he was talking about the masturbation episode. If you remember, like they have an episode where one of the guys comes in and he's like, and they make kind of a bet around like who will masturbate first and lose and I think it start, but anyway, so there's a whole episode around masturbation, but they don't really say the word masturbation. They just kind of imply masturbation <laughs> and stuff. And so it's got this real subtle humor that's blatantly obvious because if they had said masturbation at any point, it wouldn't have been funny. Yeah. The funny aspect is everybody knows what you're talking about without you saying it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which it's just, you know, it's good, fun adult humor but it's clean adult humor yeah know? yeah it's something that kids could watch they probably wouldn't get it but it's yeah. not like it's gonna warp their brains or anything because it's just kind of goofy stuff yeah one of the famous episodes was the soup nazi mm. and it's that's a good example of kind of just kind of mundane life have you ever had a restaurant there's a restaurant here it's a korean barbecue and they have that attitude like you can wait or you can fuck off. Like we don't, where else are you going to get Korean barbecue in this town? Like, yeah, people are so pissed, but they're still waiting in line. Like, wow, you're so rude. I shouldn't even, I, I shouldn't even like go to your restaurant, but then they stay in the line because, because it's like, but we want it. <laughs> yeah. But, and, and, and you also think like it, it, it makes a sense of scarcity, right? Like yeah, the soup Nazis, like deciding who gets soup or not. And you, and so you think that it's a scarce thing, even though you're the customer, you're going to pay for it, but you might not get it. He might be like, no soup for you. And you might be like, pay, I'm paying you for the but soup. No, there are places like that. There are, <laughs> I don't know if it's still there, but I think it's kind of near Redmond Bellevue and it was a barbecue place and it was in an old gas station. So the seating is actually in like, you know, where the cars used to get fixed and stuff. And it was known for, they had this sauce called the man and it was just this super hot sauce. And the guy that owned the place would come around with this tiny little spoon and put a little dip of the man. And he carried it in this pot that looked like it had never been cleaned kind of a thing. <laughs> but like anytime you went there, there was like a line out the door of people waiting for the food. And I remember going and you have plenty of time to look at the menu to decide what you want. And you could hear the lady behind the counter. She's just sitting there. And if people were like, they'd get to her and they'd be like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, how do you not know? You've been waiting for like 20 minutes to order your damn food. And you don't know what you want. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, 
It was so good. I don't know if it's still, I wish if it is, we'll have to go there. I know the guy that owned it died. So it might've got handed off to somebody else. Yeah. But, yeah. That place was. Yeah. Great. But that it's just an example of kind of like things that happen in, in, in life. Like Larry Davis, he had a policy of no hugging, no learning. So it means that the, you have, the show had to avoid any kind of sentimentality, like a lot of sitcoms did or any kind of moral lessons, like a lot of sitcoms did. And the characters, like they don't ever grow. They no. don't ever learn from the things that they do wrong. Like George Costanza always get, he, things always blow up in his face, but he's always the same self-centered, like little jerk in every episode. He never learns. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't, that's why I'm like, how could you, <laughs> you, these people are so bad, but they're so, they're, they're so, so likable in their flaws, right? You totally would hang like, out with any of them. Be like, can I be part of your yeah. group? Can I hang out with you guys? I want to sit here and have random stuff happen and see the network. I think to your question too, of like what made it work is they didn't listen to the network. Uh, Larry mm. David was actually not allowed to meet with the network heads because anytime they would try to give him changes, he he would push back on them and basically tell them, no, I'm not changing a fucking thing. Fuck off. And like, would totally like argue with, with, with the network heads and they're like for feedback sessions they they were like you can't Larry Larry's not allowed to be here anymore and <laughs> stuff. I think that helped because they were able to make the show they wanted to make. Like Seinfeld said it as well. Like when they got feedback with the first episode, he was like, uh, "No, we're not changing anything. This is the show we're going to make. And if you don't want to make, let us make it, then that's fine. I'll go back to doing stand up comedy." He yeah. was totally okay with that. I and I respect that. And I think if more people did that, we might have not have the tripe that we have today. Just yeah. the pandering horseshit TV and movies today is just so bad. I'm not saying everything's bad, but a lot of it's bad. And I think it's because people don't stick up for their vision. So I, that's why I really respect Jerry Seinfeld for that. Like, hey, this is a take it or leave it thing. We can make one of the show that we want to make or I can go do like I, I was doing just fine with stand-up right <laughs> I, i'm a popular stand-up comedian i make a great living so whatever you whatever you do you choose i give you the option yeah yeah and even you know let's not talk about the show for a minute the fact that he ended the show and went off and started doing stand-up mm -hmm. again he was very happy doing yeah. stand -up, and still is he still does stand up he doesn't he, need it and he's, he's not it's not like the show ended in 1998 and he's he just disappeared he went back to stand-up and he, yeah. he and he did other things and it was he's doing other things and he's not he's not gone he hasn't been gone it's just his ultra popular show they just he decided to end it in 1998 and move on to other things which is exactly what he did larry king he he ended his show and then he moved on to do other things and he's he, he did stand-up specials like netflix specials and he's a hilarious stand-up comedian dude he's so funny yeah, they all did really. Larry David went and did uh, his show for HBO. Yeah. for I don't know. That might still be on. That shows, but talking about shows be that on. been on what, forever. What's that show called? It's yeah. <laughs> it's speaking it's, of shows that, you know. but that's it's got a it's got kind of the same vein where it's kind of like a daily daily Monday life. Curb your like enthusiasm. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where like bad stuff just keeps happening to him because he's a bad person. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, oh, but okay. he never gets better. Never, yeah, never improves. <laughs> and the cycle every every week, the cycle completes itself. Yeah, 
Julie Louis Dreyfus did Veep. That was a really good series that mm-hmm. uh, she went on to do. Um, they've all Jason Alexander's done tons of stuff since then. I think, unfortunately, the only one who really hasn't had that great of a career is um, Michael Richards because that whole incident, his stand-up incident that he had. Yeah, he kind of busted his career up with the racist rant because mm-hmm. he was getting heckled, and I think he he flipped out. And, and and it wasn't funny. It was like l- legit. Like I'm angry, and I'm gonna yeah. like call you those names. And everybody's like, "Oh." So I think th- he hasn't gone. He, I don't think he's gone, and that's sad. That's sad because he's a funny guy. But yeah. I mean, stuff like that. If you're if you're in the public eye and you just lose your cool, and you go like, if I lose my cool, like I can lose my cool, but I'm also not racist, so I'll just like. <laughs> I'll pick on you for your your physical, like, for your personality imperfections, for who you are. or yeah, for who you are. But he kind of like went off on a whole group of people with bad words. So that that's a bummer. Yeah, that is uh, Dixie's Barbecue, by the way, and it did indeed close down. The place I was talking. Oh, about. it did close down. Yeah, I looked it up while we were chatting there. It used to be uh, in an automotive shop, and yeah, closed down in 2019, according to this. That's a bummer, but we'll we'll find some place that will mistreat us, mm-hmm. and we'll go there anyway. I'm sure that there's plenty of places like that. So an interesting thing, like going back to 1998 that I found. So when the final episode aired, it, it aired, final episode aired May 14th, 1998. Mm-hmm. And then the TV Land Network, they, they kind of had an, like, honored this occasion by, they didn't air any program on the cho- show's time slot. So instead, they just showed a, like a still photo of a closed office door. Like that's how big this this show was, right? I remember watching this, it. Did you? Yeah, did you I watch it? it? I was I in the military it. at the time, and we didn't get to we didn't watch too much TV. But I remember that we like I forget where we were. I think we were in our our birthing like hangout place, and we watched it on the ship. It was kind of a little place was crowded a bunch of sailors watched the last episode of seinfeld the thing with it was like i remember it was two hours long like the first hour was like a, a retrospective episode basically where they just remember the time of you know kind of crap and then yeah. they end up getting arrested in the end and go to jail and so it was just kind of a disappointment but the thing with that show is i think it would have been impossible for them to have a final episode that lived up to the hype, you know? Like if I watched it now, it might be better, but then I was disappointed. I haven't seen it since. But I think you'd probably disappoint in in any case because what if they did something extravagant that's completely not what the show was about? The show was about no learning, no hugs, like nothing big happening. So I think it would always have, the, the finale would have always have been disappointing and no matter what they did, well, and interestingly, it kind of keyed in on them watching somebody get attacked and not doing anything about it and just talking about it, which now people do that all the time. They just whip out their phone and they record it and then they yeah. throw the video up online somewhere on Reddit or Twitter. So they kind of predicted the future. Yeah, they kind of predict the future. Yeah. It's a fun show, though. Uh, another piece of trivia is so Steven Spielberg was making Schindler's List in 1993, right? Mm-hmm. That's not, I'm sure that's, that's, that wasn't an easy movie to make, right? 
it, it's about one of the most terrible things that's ever happened in history, right? It it's really it's really depressing. So he says he he used to watch tapes of of Seinfeld cheer himself up. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So that, that that's good. That tells you what kind of show it is. It's really kind of light, yeah. and it's a dumb light show, and you're not going to learn anything, but you're going to kind of make, just make fun of some daily life. And that's what you're going to get. And that's it. There's no, nothing heavy about it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's just light, easy, fun watching. You sit back, watch it, laugh, and uh, go on. You don't have to think about it excessively afterwards or anything. It's great. Yeah. And I think even maybe today I'm going to go watch some of uh, Seinfeld's newer specials because he, he's he's done like a bunch of stand-up since the show ended in 98. Yeah. And he's funny, dude. I dig Seinfeld just because he's so kind of deadpan. <laughs> yeah, I've watched uh, I've watched some of his comedy since then. It's good. It's still, it. Yeah, I, I still enjoy it. Yeah. So, thanks for being you, Jerry Seinfeld. You rock, bro. Exactly. Thanks for ending it on top, giving us something to talk about for this episode. Yup. And with that, I think we're gonna wrap it up here. You can always check us out online at the80s90s.com. Give us a like or a good rating wherever you listen to this show at. And we're out of here. We go watch us some Jerry Seinfeld stand-up comedy. 